This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Experience! Welcome to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out both of last week's episodes. The first being my conversation with actress Amber Doig Thorne from the Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey horror film. And the second with local actor Tommy Ryan talking about his short film, The Third Division, which will be playing at this Saturday's Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social. I can't believe After weeks of talking about it and really, you know, over a month or so of prep, it's finally here. If you're watching or listening to this the day it comes out, it is just five days away. You can click the link in the show notes to get your tickets. And if you want to find anything related to this podcast, you can head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. Everything from um, audio subscription, YouTube subscription, social media following, everything is in one location linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. We're going to be talking more about the Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social because one of the films included in the festival itself is the premiere of Home Policies, which is a British comedy that was filmed in Pensacola and Fort Walton Beach, written and directed by Nick Smith, who has been a guest on this show in the past. We're going to be looking at that film specifically on this week's show, Nick is going to be joining me to talk about how he's, you know, had the idea for this film for a long time and finally got the opportunity to make it, as well as two of the actors from the film, uh, James Poole, who you may know from a a film that I've talked about a few times on the show, The Parker Syndrome, uh, which was my first film that I wrote and directed, as well as Thomas Carter Rochester, a favorite on this show. He is one of the actors in the film as well. I had the pleasure of working behind the scenes on it as well. And we you know, talk about our experiences in making the film. We talk about the local filmmaking community and, of course, you know, numerous other things that came up in discussion as well. But it was really fun to really pick Nick's brain as well as James and Thomas talking about prepping for their characters, how they didn't break character on set because it was a really fun one to be a part of which you're going to be hearing about momentarily. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Nick, James, and Thomas. Here on this week's edition of the Derek Diamond Experience with a special behind-the-scenes look of the short film Home Policies, which will be screening, actually premiering, this Saturday at the Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social at Hellcat Hangar in Pensacola, Florida. And I've got a few of the names that were involved with the making of the film. First up, we have writer-director Mr. Nick Smith. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Good to see you, Derek. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to chat with you. We also have two of the actors from the film. We have Mr. James Poole. James, how are you, sir? Just fine. My pleasure to be here. Pleasure is mine as as well. And of course, we have Mr. Thomas Carter Rochester. Thomas, how are you, sir? Hello there. I'm back like I never left. 
it makes me so happy you introduced yourself that way. <laughs> so yeah, we're here to talk about Home Policies, which is a short film that all of us worked on uh, this past summer in Pensacola and Fort Walton Beach. So Nick, we'll start with you. How did you come up with the idea of this story? So this has a, a long pedigree, this film. Um, actually, when I had my first production company over 20 years ago, I was writing short films, you know, just coming up with um, stories that would be fairly simple to tell, you know, not huge budgets required. Um, so I had a rough kind of outline and script, and then I put it on the back burner forever. But it was a, a real passion project, something I'd already always wanted to do. So finally, I get the right people together. I've got the right locations. And um, yeah, I went for it. I found the right DP, Kevin Almodovar, who is amazing, talented, and, and he's always willing to help. So we all pitched in and got it done. So imagine, you know, having a little baby, um, baby idea over 20 years ago, and then all of a sudden it comes to life. You're like, oh my goodness, this is the prettiest baby I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, James, how did you hear about this and what made you wanna be a part of the project? Um, I got a message uh, from Nick um, a year prior to shooting. And he said, would you be interested? And I didn't, didn't even have to say what, what it was. I was interested in working with Nick. Um, but he sent me the script and I read it and I, I couldn't stop laughing and I thought, okay, yes, I can, I can kind of hear this, this character in my head and I can hear the, the others. And I said, yes, let's, let's go. And uh, so it, it was a number of months later, but, uh, but we got around to it and, you know, the stars and the planets aligned and uh, uh, we, we jumped in and did it and it was, uh, uh, it was just so much fun. It was just too much fun to do. Yeah. Thomas, same question. You know, I'm terrible at this. I always forget how things unfold. It just happens. It's like my birth. I don't remember it, but it happened. Uh, <laughs> no, I remember getting a message. I believe it was Alicia who reached out to me and was like, hey, are you interested? And I, at this point, can't even remember if I auditioned or not. It was like, oh, you need to do an accent. And I was like, which one? <laughs> which, which one do you need me to do? Um, and I got the script. I don't even remember if I recognized it was a comedy. I was just like, I like this guy. He's weird. Let's be him. Let's be the weird guy. Uh, well, weird down a tier for sure from the governor. I don't, I don't remember what James character was officially a congressman parliament. I was, I was uh, a minister. A British. Oh, yes. Uh, from the house of commons. Mm, yes. Yes. Ah, yes. Ah, minister. That's what I remember. Those are the only lines I remember. Ah, minister. Are you sure? It's all coming back. It only took a year for the lines to stick. Oh, good. Good. Good, Thomas. Good. Yeah, and I just, hanging out on set with friends, making art. That's the dream right there. No, there was pizza. Most importantly, we had pizza. Always a very welcome addition to any set yes for sure yeah and the cool thing is about our filmmaking community specifically is a lot of us will pay it forward and that you know like if someone 
helps another person out on their project, then they usually return the favor. So it's like, you know, years ago, Nick helped me with the Parker syndrome. And then, you know, I helped him with Ask Astrid. And, you know, whenever he asked me to help out with this, the answer was instantly yes, because I knew that he's going to have a good cast. He was going to have a good crew. The set was going to be smooth. And it it was. And I, I was talking with uh, James and Thomas before we started. Uh, my highlight from that whole weekend. So I, I was a grip and we filmed the, the first scene of the day. We filmed outside, outside of the, the museum in Pensacola. And it was really sunny. And Kevin asked me, he's like, hey, could you hold this this giant thing over my head so I can see the viewfinder? So I've just like there's a picture where I'm like got my arm stretched like as far as I can go and just holding it like right over Kevin's head. So that's I think that's the pinnacle of my career so far as being Kevin's shade man. Give <laughs> him the courtesy. As we courtesy, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things and. Nick, tell me if you agree, like the, the set wasn't like, we didn't have a huge crew, but everyone like knew their responsibility and it was a very smooth operation. Very much so. Yeah. We had a limited space, you know, a fairly small office we were filming in and, and, um, you know, a living room. So we couldn't have a crew of 30, you know, um, right now in Nashville, I work with a crew of about 50 people. And if you can imagine 50 people trying to crowd in the little office, you know, it just wouldn't have worked. So each project has its own kind of um, necessities and practicalities. But yeah, definitely everyone knew their job. Uh, everyone knew the hierarchy. And uh, I'm as a director, I'm always open to ideas. I want to hear everyone's suggestions. I want everyone to have fun, but get, you know, make their day, get the work done. I think I was giggling through the whole thing because I was enjoying what Thomas and James were doing so much. Um, I just, uh, hearing those lines come to life and hearing these guys say them, it was just a joy. Absolutely. And I want to talk about one scene specifically. It takes place Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie where James and Thomas's characters are just, you know, they're, they're in James's office and they're having an exchange of dialogue and James, I'll start with you. The fact that, you know, you have to remember to speak in like a British accent and this, it's like, it's a British comedy. Uh, how, how was that? How did you keep yourself from not just completely breaking character and laughing? Cause I I've, like, like Nick, I found myself just like years, in the corner, like, years of like practice, this. years of practice, you know, but um, no, there, there was so much that was, that was so funny, you know, throughout that. And, I, that was one thing I think that that Nick came to me for because when I when I'm able I can find my my good RP you know re- receive pronunciation and and speak in that kind of kind of melodic tone and find that usually if I'm in trouble I, you know, I can I can speak like that you know, but um, no that was uh, that was just part of the fun of it that was. It was funny, and it, you know that's just the thing. The, the the art of the thing is doing it and holding your character, and and uh, you know saying all those words. You know the 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 speech uh, that that uh, that he gives that I give. You know on my way into the office is just you know I've read I've, I've read it 
recently. And uh, it's just hysterical, you know, and, and uh, uh, so I oil it, but, but uh, um, uh, I, I was like, how did Nick think of this? Where, who did this? <laughs> this is, you know, and then I started hearing Nick's voice and, and, and that, and it's kind of jumbled up, you know, and, and so it was a challenge to make, uh, to make sense of it and have it come out un, uh, intelligible. <laughs> Well, and that's cool about, you know, all of all of us that that write scripts and we can almost tell that this is definitely something that like, say, Nick wrote, like when he sent me the script and I read it, I'm like this, this is Nick's style. Like this is something that I could totally see him envisioning in his head. So, uh, Thomas, same question to you. How is it with you? Because I, you do all kinds of cool accents. I, I'll be honest. How, how is it for you maintaining that? that character through this whole especially that that long bit of dialogue that you have with with james's character it was hard to remember which accent to have on sometimes i won't lie <laughs> like you said i do a lot and sometimes i slip from one to another and i bounce around the spectrum um but it was it was uh it was fun um because i'm just sitting there and i'm i had to keep reminding myself it's a comedy so at least react with you know timing uh at times uh, timing at times sure we'll go with that so uh it was it was a little bit more challenging to remember that because i was like in my character's head so much that he wasn't finding anything funny he was like this moron over here this is gonna be grand admiral thronged off over here and exiled out to the empire I'm I went Star Wars. I'm not sorry about it at all. <laughs> so it was just a lot of fun. I had more fun listening to James's accent and just the ostentatious. It reminds me of my Virginia congressman accent that I play around with. It's just, you know, it's just lathering your ego up with an accent. And it, it was fun to sit there and listen. And every now and then I'm like, oh, I have lines. I should remember what those are. Uh otherwise, I might be here for a long day. <laughs> I, something that you know i always like to ask especially us local filmmakers because we all you know know each other have gotten to know each other fairly well i always enjoy hearing like the fun or funny moments that happen on set and there were some with this film as well so nick is there one in particular that that sticks out to you as far as you know like a funny or a memorable moment Oh my goodness. Um, the one that pops in my head is, you know, we hadn't got into the location before we filmed the office scenes. So it was kind of like Spinal Tap where they order the, the Stonehenge and it's six inches instead of six feet or something. So we'd seen these pictures, and you know, like real estate pictures, they use um, wide angle lenses, they make the rooms look bigger. And we thought it might be a little bit smaller than we expect. It was tiny. So Kevin was thinking, how am I going to work in these conditions? And uh, we really had to kind of um, cozy, like use it, use it. So yeah, we made it as more awkward because the characters were close to each other, especially when James's character comes and sits on the couch with Thomas and they're up like this. We really, we incorporated it. So rather than um, seeing it as an impossible challenge, we made it 
we used it to improve the story. So, you know, it was not, there was never any kind of um, upset with it, but it tickles me now to think that um, we were expecting something massive and we didn't get massive. But in a way it made it work better because that dynamic wouldn't have been there. And that that's something that is important for filmmakers to know is sometimes you do have to work with what you have, yeah. but it can also be an advantage because it can add something that you may not have included in the original story. So James, what about you? Any uh, particular funny moment or memorable moment that sticks out to you? I, you know, I think the, the next day, uh, the, the moment that sticks out uh, to me uh, happened the next day in, in Nick's house. Um, when my character is on, um, on the sofa with his wife, with, with Daphne, and um, he's trying his best to say all the right things and all the right things come out absolutely wrong. And she kind of storms out of the, the, the room and down the hall and slams the door and uh, here I am giving the movie away. But I, I, it, was a, it, it, was, it wasn't planned, but, it would, but there was a moment when I was, I was talking to her, I was trying to get her attention and I was, I was listening, you know, trying to hear, you know, and, and I could hear people in the back giggling, um, you know, or trying not to giggle and, and uh, uh, that just, you know, I, that, that sticks out in my mind is, you know, not a nonverbal, you know, it was just, it was just in character, just in character for the moment. Thomas, same question. Uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I kept standing up so aggressively out of the chair on my like storm out scene that I kept having to catch it with my legs while standing and continue delivering the lines. Cause the first three times the chair fell and just bang. It's like, well, we can't use that take because Thomas ruined the audio again. Uh, and that's the one that stands out to me because uh, the rest of it was just work. I mean, it's a funny script, so. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember that moment very well. I remember you also trying to toss the paper airplane oh into the trash God. can. Yeah, yeah. I got one out of a hundred. You did. <laughs> that was all you needed because right. I, I yeah. Nick Nick sent me the movie and I went back and and watched it and just seeing the paper airplane made me laugh and think of that specific moment but I, I think it's a testament you know to you guys and everybody else that was involved with the production it was a really fun but very efficient environment and I I think it shows in in the final product because like I said you know Nick sent me a copy of the movie and I, I've been really interested in seeing it since we filmed it because we filmed it I think right before we did the feature and um it, it was it was really fun it is a different style of movie than what I'm used to but that's the beauty of of what movies are you know you can watch something that's action-packed and then you can watch a drama and then you can watch a fun British comedy a British comedy filmed in Pensacola in Fort Walton Beach <laughs> British transposed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Nick, do you think there are, uh, not to give away the ending, is I, I, I'm not going to do that, yeah. but do you think there are more stories to tell with these characters? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, especially James's character, he's so pompous. We love seeing what? pompous what characters. No. No. I'd actually like to see how um, Miles Spinetti, his character, got where he is. You know, how did this flawed person get to this high level of government? That's the story I'd like to, to film next. I think it could make a, a an interesting, maybe like four to six episode little series. Mm -hmm. The rise of Miles and of course his speechwriter would be there, played by Thomas, and his wife would be there too. So absolutely you know, all the characters in the prequels. Just call it I Miles. We're something. I think we're on to something. Just in big like gold letters. Miles. Yeah. Miles goes miles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Policy is 13. Uh, what about you, James? Do you do you think there's there's more meat on the bone with your character? Oh, I absolutely, absolutely. And you 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 mentioned you know the the prequel kind of kind of stuff, but but then uh, going forward, there would be um, a lot as well because what what happens um, there would be a lot of fallout to uh, to have to deal with and and plenty of twists and turns uh, to take. Um, as the, the you know the British would would do, it would there would be a stiff upper lip and carry on, and they would, and I think Miles would ab absolutely, absolutely. Thomas, yeah, this is the inciting incident for a feature. You know what I'm saying? Like this, it gets to a point, and you could just see title card, and then from there the story continues. Uh, I don't know how long it is. You you know more than I do, Derek. <laughs> Uh, so I, I really do think that there's like a whole, I love the idea of a prequel because you can have like the years leading up and then you have that moment where it all changes for everybody. And then you could have a series after you could have maybe multiple series and we'll call the second one, uh, the O'Shea Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. O'Shea is just such a cool name to say. It just flows it off the tongue so well. Yeah, and I, I think that's what cool thing about making a short film is that we we invent these characters and then we think, well, what what could we do more or could there be more? Because, you know, I've I've even thought what could happen with the characters from the feature, mm -hmm. you know, like that that could be a four to six episode series all in itself, either leading up before or just kind of expand you know what what was done in in the film so that that's always a fun thing to to visualize like could this be more because mm -hmm. you know, the three of you know doing a short film is not easy because we all come up with so many ideas and then we have to cut them down and then cut them down some more and then probably trim a little bit more fat off so it's it's always tough it's always tough but um, Nick, what's what's next for you? Do you have? I know you said you're in in Tennessee working on other projects. Do you have any other shorts in the works? I do not. I do have another feature which I'm supposed to be filming in Miami. It's called Hop In. Uh, it's another comedy. It's um, about a bus driver and all his crazy passengers. So you might see some familiar faces popping up as eccentric passengers on this bus. Ooh. 
interesting. James, what about you? Um, I have a couple of projects coming up. One uh, that will shoot locally next week um, uh, here in Pensacola. And then um, another one that I can't really say much about uh, just yet uh, at the end of uh, the middle of June, the middle of June, latter half of June, uh, that will be shot uh, in uh, Fort Walton. So I'm, I'm staying busy. I'm finding stuff and stuff is finding me. You know, thank you, Nick, for finding me. <laughs> Find me again. <laughs> Thomas, what about you? I've got a, a couple of voiceover things popping up soon for an audio drama for the Power Rangers audio drama. Um, I get to be uh, a character that is on for more than, you know, 30 seconds. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm a bad guy. So finally. Um, and then I've also I, I'm working with Elise Marie coming up on um, a holiday film. And I, I feel like, ah, yes, I'm actually writing a horror script right now. And I've been Ooh. stuck in the um, character development hell, if you will, for one character, because I just keep finding so much more depth. And I'm like, how am I going to fit this into the maximum 30 minutes I want this to go? So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You know how it is. That's always the challenge. Yeah. Cool. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, you can check out Home Policies and another film that Thomas was involved with that he actually uh, starred in, wrote it, directed it during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Hmm. Probably the greatest name I've ever heard for a film, Toilet Paper Jesus, which is <laughs> amazing. It's, it's amazing as the title sounds. It's, how do you feel about that, Thomas, that, what, three years later? Yeah. Oh, my God, it is. Uh, yeah, I listen, I submitted it. And I was like, ah, they'll get to watch it again. I'm not going to get selected. And so when it got popped up that it was selected, I was like, oh, oh, my. I have to, like, go back and re rewatch it because I don't actually remember what happens anymore. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, it's 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 amazing. Um, very humbling. And the movie definitely holds up there's only like a few things in there that i'm like yeah i wish i could change like this one shot uh this one audio uh edit this one all right so there's a few things i'd probably change for sure um but i i think it i think it still holds up and it definitely captures the insanity of the new cycle i mean all the time but definitely during the uh height of the pandemic because I fit in a lot of dumb references that looking back, I'm like, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I was the same way when I went back and watched it when you sent it to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot this was in there. And like, oh, yeah, this happened and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it's I, I think it's also a good reflection of that time because it really mm -hmm. was that insane. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like me. <laughs> but but things are uh a lot better now but guys thank you so much for taking the time to have this chat on home policies and hope to see you at the gulf coast film fest and social thank you for having us thank you so much derek thank you derek i love your pretty face thank you again to nick james and thomas for that fantastic conversation and that look back at the making of home policies Always a fun time to be on a film set, whether it's you know, something that I've written and directed or a friend's project. 
always a fun time. It's like, I feel like I'm at home when I'm on a film set and hopefully it'll get to happen again sometime really soon. But if you want to check out the premiere of Home Policies, the second screening of the feature, as well as five other short films. We have a total of seven films that are being shown at this Saturday's Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social. Click the link in the show notes, or you can head over to facebook.com slash events to get your tickets. As far as the podcast, next week is the season finale of the Derek Diamond Experience, and I'm going to be doing a special live AMA Ask Me Anything this upcoming Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, live here on YouTube. Just head over to youtube.com slash at Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you get the notification when the show goes live. Um, I'll be taking questions in advance. Um, I'll also be taking live questions from the chat. going to be talking about, of course, the screening of the feature as well as the other films that are being shown uh, Probably talk about the new Little Mermaid live-action adaptation that's coming out uh, this upcoming Wednesday, which I'll be seeing, uh, I believe it's an early access screening on Wednesday night, so I'll be talking about it. But that's the cool thing about AMAs. You can literally talk about anything. So be sure to join us. And I do have a surprise for the, I'll say the listeners, because it's an audio-only surprise um, that you'll get on the feed Uh, during the summer so be sure to tune in this upcoming sunday for the live show to find out what that will be but as i mentioned at the beginning of the show head over to linktree.com slash ddiamond podcast if you want to follow me on social media subscribe to the youtube channel or subscribe to the audio version and also please leave a review Uh, the more reviews the show gets the more visible it is uh, to the podcasting public those that are searching for Filmmaking podcasts, podcasts about movies, the more reviews the show has, the more likely it is to pop up for people who are searching for those kind of podcasts. So if you could leave a review, I would very much appreciate it. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Hope to see you this weekend at the Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social, and we'll see you on Sunday for the season finale of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. <music>